Welcome to FASD Family Life, the podcast for families by families, where we get real about raising children and youth with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. I am your host, Robbie Seal, FASD educator, advocate, and mom of four children with FASD. I know the struggle is real, but so is success. I hope that sharing my experiences can help you feel that you're not alone and that there is hope for you and your child with FASD. Well, welcome to the third episode of the Research and Resources edition of FASD Family Life. I know it can be a struggle to find resources and research to support you, your family, and your child with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. And that's why I have embarked on this new initiative to interview the movers and shakers in the FASD Research and Resources community. So every Monday, I will drop a research and resources episode to give you information on a variety of FASD networks, resources, training events, and conferences. I will also bring you information on fascinating FASD studies for your participation and even your interest. This episode of FASD Family Life is is a special episode because I'm dropping it on a Wednesday. I just can't wait to share this one with you. To highlight that there is an FASD conference coming to you, a full-day conference on December 8th. It's put on by NACAC, and that is the North American Council of Adoptable Children. Hi, my friends. Welcome to FASD Family Life, the podcast for families by families raising children and youth with fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. I have with me today a guest who will talk about an upcoming FASD conference designed really for frontline workers and parents, particularly parents and carers raising children and youth with FASD. So I wanted to bring this to your attention. So I'm going to hand it over to my guest, Barb Clark, to introduce herself and speak about the conference. Thanks, Robbie. Yeah, my name is Barb Clark. I work at an organization that is called the North American Council on Adoptable Children. Our acronym um, is called NACAC. That's what people refer to us as. And we are an organization. We work around the U.S. and Canada around um, areas that kind of impact adoptive foster and kinship families and professionals. And so we do, you know, we believe that every child deserves a permanent, loving, culturally competent family. And um, we do a lot of work and advocacy around um, areas that touch adoption, foster care and kinship care as well. And uh, one of the things that we do is we have an annual conference um, that is in the summer every year. It's usually in July. We actually, it will be next July and it'll be virtual again. Um, but uh, usually it moves around the country and, and to Canada, um, different places every year when the pandemic isn't around. But we have been really kind of um, increasing the amount of training and types of training that we do for child welfare professionals in the U.S. and Canada, as well as for families and parents and caregivers. And so one of the things that we, I myself am personally passionate about, passionate about is fetal alcohol spectrum disorders because I am a parent. I have a child um, who is 22 years of age, so an adult child um, who has an FASD. And so this is something that I have been training on and educating and advocating and supporting um, in this area for um, probably around over 10 years now altogether between a couple of different jobs that I've had. And so um, at NACAC, we've just been looking and watching the field within child welfare, with the, you know, within foster and adoption world and what's kind of 
what are some of the things that are impacting it? And we, we are seeing the really high rates of fetal alcohol spectrum disorders for kids um, in those families. And we are also seeing um, the misdiagnosis of it and the lack of diagnosis um, when this and and the lack of just kind of awareness and not asking kind of sometimes the right questions within screening or um, all that kind of stuff. And so um, the other thing, too, that I know you've experienced, Robbie, as well as I have, parenting kids with an FASD is quite the journey, right? Uh, a lot of the traditional parenting strategies are quite ineffective and actually can be very damaging to this population of children, adolescents, and adults even. And so, um, you know, I learned the hard way that I was doing it wrong and needed to kind of find and learn a whole new different kind of model of how to parent um, my daughter in order to promote her to be her best self. And so that took me years. And, and now I'm really passionate. I always say this, I'm passionate about trying to help other families not make the mistakes I made. Right. And I hear you. Um, that's, that's exactly oh, the way I do what I do. You know, you learn yes. the stuff the hard way. You just want to save other people from the, oh, yes. the hard times. <laughs> oh, totally. We do. So, you know, so we've got this uh, on December 8th, 2021, we have got an all day conference on fetal alcohol spectrum disorders. We have got um, kind of a nice little agenda for the day. We've got Dan Dabowski, who is a phenomenal trainer on fetal alcohol and an expert in this area and also an experienced parent um, who will be um, kind of talking about the brain and making that connection about the brain and the behaviors and that kind of stuff in the morning. Um, we're actually having the morning um, opened by um, Phyllis Stevens, who is a parent um, in the United States over on the East Coast in Pennsylvania, who, um, when she attended a training that I did, I don't know, three or four years ago on FASD, um, came up to me afterwards, gave me a big hug, was very emotional, and was like, I'm pretty sure my adult daughter, you're talking about her. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it was this huge eye opening aha moment for her. And she then started on the journey of learning more. And so she's actually going to be the one introducing the day and starting us off. Um, then Dan Dabowski will be doing, um, his training and he, I've seen him train many times. He is awesome. Um, we'll have a little lunch break after that. Then we've got, um, a panel of, we've got this young woman named Hope Martindale, um, Davis, who is, um, boy, how old is she now? 26, 27, something like that. And um, she has an FASD and she is just a wonderful um, person who advocates and is really great at explaining how this has impacted her and the needs that she has. And so it's going to focus on her, but we are also going to have her new husband. She just got married in September and then also her father are going to just talk about how they as a team have um, learned to kind of work together as a team to help Hope be the best that she is. And it's mostly Hope who's leading the reins and helping them to know what she needs from them and that kind of stuff. And she's just awesome. So that's going to be right after lunch. And then that will be followed by a strategy session that myself and Ed Morales, who is another um, parent experienced in parenting kids with trauma histories and things like that, and an excellent trainer, we are going to be doing um, a session on strategies and what to, you know, kind of the, the, how to kind of move away from the traditional strategies and kind of change our approach and try things differently. 
Um, so we're really excited about this day just to get more awareness out there. I do a lot of training for professionals and parents around the U.S. and Canada, and there is nothing more exciting than helping um, other people have those aha moments. And even if you have gone to a million trainings on FASD and are super savvy, um, if you're like me, like I'll go to the same trainer every time, like every time I'll, I'll see Dan Dabowski every time, right? I'll see Ira Chasnoff. I'll go to Jeff Noble, whoever, Michael Harris, whoever I can find that's training and talking. I'll, I'll go to the same thing and I always pull something different out, even though they're maybe doing the same presentation. Part of it is I'm in a different place and journey with my child, right? Or my work and that kind of stuff. So it's, um, you know, I'm excited for it. You know, I, I know that there's a lot of different training opportunities out there, but I always feel like there's also not enough, you know? I agree. Yeah. I think one thing, as we've mentioned earlier, one thing that is positive that's come out of this era of COVID-19 is is the shift to virtual training, which makes mm-hmm. it so much more accessible to people, yes. affordable and accessible. And that's yes. wonderful. And so, you know, since I started the podcast, I've been taking even more training. Yes. You know, I have lots of FASD training. And like you, the, my first, my first really awesome trainer was, uh, Donna DeBolt here, here in Edmonton, Alberta. And I've gone to Donna's training three times. Yes. And it's the same slide deck. Yes. I go three times and I learn something new every time. Yep. And I think training is so important. And one of the things that we know is a hallmark of a stable placement, a stable family for a child with this particular disability is training, 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 training. Yes. Because it keeps your skills sharp and it helps you understand because FASD is so complicated and it's almost never just FASD by itself. It's FASD, it's trauma, it's attachment. There's so many things and and our kids move and grow and change too. So we need training. So I love that this is coming available to us. Yeah, absolutely. The training is so important. And then beyond that support, right? Connecting with others with lived experience and, you know, who are parenting the similar kind of, um, you know, ways and using the similar strategies. So yeah, training, I, I can't get enough of it. And, and you're, I'm the same way, you know, you said with Donna DeBolt, Carrie Fletcher was who was my first trainer on it and who was my mentor in this area. And I've seen her at least three times the same slide deck too, and, yeah. um, and pull something different out of it every time. Important, I think, to yep. attend conferences when you can, attend yes. trainings when you can. Yes. You up your skills. You also broaden your network. And I mean, you never lose a phone number once you've got like some expert's phone number or some social worker's phone number or another mom who's living the dream. Um, you keep those phone numbers because you never know <laughs> when you're going to need them. Exactly. Oh, I 100% agree. Yeah. And this is a hard journey as you ref- as you mentioned, like raising kids with a fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. It's an invisible disability. Most people in our society don't know about it yet. It's so prevalent in Canada. We say 4% of our population. That's one in 25 in the U S stats is one in 20. So it's prevalent. It's a prevalent disability, far more so than autism. And yet we are, we feel so alone in this community. Mm-hmm. Why would you say that? Why would you say we feel so alone in this community? Well, I think, I think a part of it is the stigma of this diagnosis. There's such a stigma with it. And, um, but I also think part of the alone comes from the fact of the way that this disability plays out is so behavioral. And it's so, um, and it's something that the kind of ways that the behaviors play out are very, um, very much something that our society is judgmental on, you know, because when you have lack of impulse control and impulsivity issues, 
you are kind of getting into some trouble. And so, you know, so there's that. Um, And then, but the other thing too, is just because we have so many professionals out there who do not understand this disability, whether it's medical professionals, mental health professionals, social work, schools, teachers, you know, the list goes on and on and on. And, um, and so what's happening is because they are missing the diagnosis, the majority of the time, or even if they haven't missed the diagnosis, the suggestions, the interventions, the strategies that they are giving are ineffective most of the time. And so then that just leads to further isolation. And it makes you as a caregiver feel like a lunatic because you're doing what they're telling you to do and it's not working. And then you start to think, what am I doing wrong? Right. And if another person tells me to do a sticker chart, I might, you know, the vomit come up in my throat, you know, that I (laughs) just punch them. It's not going to work. It's a throat punch time. It's like a, just a reaction. And so, you know, so I think there's just, you start to feel, and then if you're not connected with other parents living with this, you'll have your neighbors, your friends, your family giving you these suggestions like, well, you need to take away their cell phone or you need to give them a whooping or whatever it is. Yeah. And we already know that doesn't work because we've tried that, not the whoopings, right? But we've tried taking away things and giving consequences. Been there, done it. Yes. Wrecked the relationship. Yes. Don't do that. Exactly. Been there, done that. Wrecked the relationship. Brought mm-hmm. on secondary disabilities, yes. which is what you referenced earlier. Is if we yes. don't, if we don't adjust our parenting, if we use yep. typical parenting, yep. even excellent parenting, mm-hmm. we will cause damage to our kids because we're not creating the right fit for their developmental disabilities and their cognitive disabilities. Yep. And so when we get behaviors, and you know, it's not hard to imagine. You know, you and I are sitting here both wearing glasses, and if somebody took my glasses away and now expected me to read. And they gave me a sticker chart if I would just read, but I, I can't because I actually right. can't see it. But they said, come on, mm-hmm. I'll give you a sticker. And then if you get five stickers, you can go to the dollar store. And I'm like, but I can't. Like, yes. I, like I'm, I'm getting animated and it's not even happening. Right. Imagine how yeah. animated I would get, you know, and then, well, well, then you can't have dessert tonight or I'm going to take yes. away your Xbox. And I'm okay. like, yeah, I'm going to blow a fit. Yeah. Because you're not understanding that I have a disability and I don't have the language abilities if I have the disability to tell right. you I have a right. disability. What if we used a dis- different approach? Would we see less opposition? Oh, and so much of it was us. You know, my husband and I were doing things totally wrong, very in with well-intentioned, right? Well-intentioned. Yeah. And all of the professionals who were giving us the bad advice were also well-intentioned, but yes. uninformed. I mean, that's the thing. And that's why we've got to get the right information and the right training. And unfortunately, I hate saying this, but there is a lot of not great FASD training out there too. You know, yes. I'll, I do a lot of training for schools and in, you know, different agencies and they'll always be like, oh, we've already had training. And I'm like, that's great, but let's, let's try it, you know, and then let's they'll, and then I'll do training and they'll be like, Oh, we didn't know any of that. And I'm like, I know, I know. Yeah. I Thanks know. for I'm letting sorry. me come. Thanks for letting mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I love doing FASD training as well and seeing those aha moments. And I was one yes. time presenting to a, a group of caregivers in a respite program that we had previously been a part of. And, um, and that was my opportunity to give back. And I was doing a presentation and afterward, the social worker who was there supporting that respite program came to me and said, I, I never knew any of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I never, 
I never mm-hmm. learned that in college and I, and I didn't know any yeah. of that. Yeah. And I, and so I was so glad she was there, but part of yes. me was so angry that, that she <laughs> has the role of social worker supporting families who are in crisis yes. and she doesn't understand. And so this would be the kind of professional who best oh, yeah. intentioned is yes. going to suggest timeouts and sticker charts and reward systems and whatever. Yep. And, and those yep. things don't work. Yep. Oh, what totally. We, yeah. Totally. What we do know works is supervision, structure, mm-hmm. predictability, preventing yep. the unwanted behaviors by supporting yep. that brain injury. Yep. Yeah. Building scaffolding yep. of support, yep. bridges over the hard places. That's what we exactly. have to do. And digging deeper and figuring out in this moment with this behavior, what has their anxiety so high? And how can I dig down there and figure out what's causing it instead of stopping what's up here, what the behavior is displaying, like, you know, looking underneath that. And that's where the consequences, if we are doing the consequences, what happens is the kid's anxiety is high, right? Because we're all anxious when we know we've done something wrong, even if we don't understand it or know what it is that we did wrong. We can tell that mom or dad or whoever is mad at us, right? Yeah. And that we're, we're about to get it and get in trouble. And, they're, and they would, they're sitting there thinking, oh, crud, oh, crud, what are they going to take away from me now? Right? What are they taking away from me now? And their their brain goes on fire and they de- and and then you, maybe we tell them what we're about to take away and then we sit and try to have a conversation about why they shouldn't have stolen or why they shouldn't have cursed or whatever the behavior was and then that doesn't connect because their brain is on fire in that moment and so we've got to just kind of look at some of that neurobiology of the anxiety cuz almost all of our kids with an FASD struggle with secondary anxiety Exactly. I think even some of the research now is coming to say that anxiety is actually part of a part of the primary characteristics. So we used to think it was secondary. Mm -hmm. There probably is additional anxiety that's secondary, Mm -hmm. but it's now understood that it's a primary characteristic. And now that I've got that in my brain, that helps so much because now as I watch my children and as they get older, they're more and more and more anxious. Yep. Yep. So kind of before you've even started the conversation, they're in fight, flight, freeze mode. And so here's my new gem. Mm -hmm. I start the conversation with, you're not in trouble. I just want to speak to you for a moment. Yep. Like anxiety is everything. Yes, it is. It's so, it's such a huge, um, you know, kind of predecessor to some of the big behaviors that Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. our families and caregivers and teachers and whoever is involved in these kids' life are really struggling with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So digging deeper is what we've gotta do. Yeah. I love it. Digging deeper. Well, this conference is going to be so enlightening. And Dan Duboski, are you kidding me? Well, thanks for putting this together. And thanks for NACAC putting this conference together and giving time and space and and resources to the speaking to the needs of the people in the FASD community, people in adoption and foster care, because we know that the rates of FASD in this community are exponentially high. And so we need this training. We need these supports. So thank you so very much. Absolutely. My pleasure. And thank you for doing a podcast on this because this also is helping with awareness. So it's really cool that you've got this awesome podcast. Spread the word. And I want to shine light on this particular conference. So we just blow it up. And there's so many people there from Canada and the US and around the world. I have have listeners all around the world. So because it's virtual, we're not limited. We don't have to buy plane tickets. We can just 
Yep. What is it? Yep. 50 or 60 it's, bucks? Um, it's, so it's 50 US dollars for members of NACAC. Yeah. And $60 US dollars if you're not a member. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, www.nacac.org. And I know you'll put the links in the show notes, but um, yeah, it's open. It's open to anybody. Love it. I'll be promoting it. So thanks very much. Yep. Well, thank you for joining me for that fascinating conversation with Barb Clark of NACAC. I really loved meeting her and count her as a, a new friend. And I, I love that about this FASD community. There's resources and, and new friends um, not too far away. And I really appreciate that. But please be sure to catch every episode of FASD Family Life by subscribing to the podcast. When you subscribe, new episodes will automatically appear in your phone, your iPad, wherever you get your podcasts. And did you know that when you subscribe to FASD Family Life or when you rate or leave a review, you are helping other parents and carers just like you? Yes, your engagement in these ways signals to the algorithms that this podcast is relevant to the people who want to know more about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. If you'd like to support the work of FASD Family Life, you can go to buymeacoffee.com. FASD Family Life to support the show by buying me a coffee for $5. There's a link in the show notes to make it easier for you. An FASD Family Life podcast is here for you. It's the podcast for families by families raising children and youth with FASD. And I hope that by sharing my experiences and my FASD education with you, you will feel connected to someone who knows what you're going through. And I can offer a little FASD education, encouragement, and empowerment to you as you raise your children. If you found this episode on Facebook or LinkedIn, please drop a comment in the comment section. And I would appreciate it too if you might like it and share it with other people. If you leave a five-star rating or review where you get your podcasts, like on Apple or, I, or sorry, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, that also helps because your engagement in these ways helps other people find the podcast. And I would love to hear from you. If you have a resource you want to share, let me know. If you have a question, write to the show. An idea for the to- for a future topic, I'd love to hear about it. Email the show at fasdfamilylife at gmail.com or you can private message me on Facebook and I will do my best to address it via email and on the show so we can all learn and grow together. Thank you for sharing your time with me. I know it's precious. And until next week, remember, the struggle is real, but so is success. I'll talk with you soon.